everyone. My name is Dr. Cindy Burnett. And my name is Dr. Matthew Wurwood. This is the Fueling Creativity in Education podcast. On this show, we'll be talking about creativity topics and how they apply to the field of education. We'll be speaking with scholars, educators, and resident experts about their work, challenges they face, and digging deeper into new and varying perspectives of creativity. All with the goal to help fuel a more rich and informed discussion that provides teachers and parents with knowledge they can use at home or in the classroom. So let's begin. Hello and welcome to our ninth episode of the Listen and Learn series. Now, as a reminder, this summer we will be sharing 10 actions that teachers can take to facilitate or enhance creativity in the classroom. These 10 actions emerge from over 200 tips that we've gathered during our podcast interviews with creativity researchers, practitioners, and talented educators. And during each episode of our Listen and Learn series, we will share one action and encourage you to generate a one or two sentence summary of how you can apply that action in your classroom for the upcoming school year. Now, to help you with this task, we've created a Google spreadsheet that lists the action, includes some takeaways from Matt and myself, and a space for you to include your one or two sentence summary. The link to this spreadsheet is included in each episode's description. Additionally, if you want to join in an online discussion, check out the creativethinkingnetwork.com to join me in debriefing each of these tips. So our ninth action is model creative behavior. And our first interview clip comes from our discussion with Dr. Jonathan Plucker. Modeling is incredibly important for creativity. So if you're a parent, if you're a teacher, I think one of the most powerful things a teacher can do, and I guess this is, this is true for parents too, is you know if you run into a problem, have the students work with you to solve it. Don't immediately call the school's IT person and say, "Oh, this thing's not, this thing isn't working. Come, come and save me." Work with your students for 15 minutes and see if they can help you figure it out. You know, like you know, like um, send the message that problems are meant to be solved by you. Modeling the way, Matt. What do you think about that? Well, you know, what's interesting is the example that Jonathan Plucker talks about is is those types of IT issues, which I think we, we've all faced in the classroom. And of course, there's, there's probably uh, different situations where we can model creative behavior. But those particular IT issues are fascinating because what I notice is that when you're facing those IT issues, if I'm honest with you, I get frustrated because usually within 10 to 20 seconds, I've got people shouting out what they think the problem is. And I'm okay, you know, when it comes to problem solving technology, and I can usually kind of like isolate the issue quite quickly. And I don't typically involve the the students in the problem. And it, it makes me think perhaps I should at the very minimum communicate, you know, what I'm thinking in that moment and me trying to kind of isolate the problem because sometimes they're right but but actually often they're not right because I've already worked out that it's not what they think it is but I don't let them in which is why I keep getting those discussions so it's almost as if they actually want to join me in the process of solving the problem and actually I kind of deny them that opportunity to participate in the process so I'm I'm the takeaway is I'm thinking specifically about those annoying IT issues, whether it's to do with the projector not working or the sound not coming out of the speaker or, you know, you're not able to log into the system. Um, and I think I could do better at modeling creative behavior in those scenarios. I think that's a great example, Matt, with the technology. And I think of myself inside of my classrooms 
And I love to use the statement starter, what might be all the ways we might. So when something comes up in the classroom, so for example, it, it might not even be technology related, but maybe there's desks that are all over the room and we need more space. So what might be all the ways we could, how might we do it this way? Um, and really say, you know, we are a class of problem solvers. So how are we going to solve this problem together? And really spending that time to listen to people's ideas before jumping to some sort of implementation as well, I think is is critical. But I think being able to model the way of curiosity and openness and risk-taking and failure and embracing challenges as they arrive in your classroom is absolutely essential. There's a couple of things, I think, to follow up on. The first thing is that you know, we have to recognize that as educators in those moments, the first thing that I feel at least is the pressure of time. You've got an hour and 15 minutes to deliver that lesson and you kind of need this thing to be working because in your mind, you're dependent on this video or you're dependent on this presentation in order to get the lesson going, which is why sometimes I kind of immediately go to IT. But interestingly, I think what you're getting me to think about is to, is to actually embrace the problem. And be flexible enough and open enough to actually say, okay, this, I might not get through this lesson today, but there's an opportunity for me right now to go and model creative behavior. So hit the pause button, go over to the whiteboard, engage in a divergent thinking uh, exercise where I say, right, here's the situation. What are all the problems that we think it might be? And as I just said to you at the very beginning with the example is that I'm typically trying to isolate the problem. But as we go and share all of the possibilities that might exist in the situation that we're facing, I can then talk through why I think it might be this, but then also we can exclude this, which is also a great convergent thinking exercise as well. So actually that is a takeaway I'm going to go away. I have no doubt that I'll be facing some IT issues um, in the, uh, whether it's, it's my workshops with teachers or my classes with students. And I plan on implementing what we've just discussed today for the upcoming year. Fantastic, Matt. Well, let's listen to another clip from Casey Lathrop. Um, I would also say that, you know, we know that a part of learning is being vulnerable. If you want your students to be vulnerable, um, be vulnerable with your students, you know, um, be human. I think the, that no matter what age you are, um, that resonates with people when you're just kind of meeting them at their level. Matt, this brought me right back to my first year teaching back in 2001. And I remember sitting uh, in my first undergraduate class that I was teaching in, and I made a huge mistake. And I went over some information that wasn't relevant to the class, and someone called me out on it. And I was so embarrassed. And I was just like, oh, and being so young and new to the field of education and teaching, I just thought, oh my gosh, I've just embarrassed myself. So I just stood in front of the class and I said, wow, isn't it great that you got a chance to see me fail spectacularly? And everyone like clapped and cheered for me. And as much as I was worried that it was going to make me look like a fool, it actually built some really beautiful connections. And I still, to this day, keep in touch with a lot of students from that undergraduate class, which was over 20 years ago now, where the students just felt very connected because I admitted failure in front of all of them. And so while at first I felt vulnerable and embarrassed and like I wanted to go suck my thumb in a corner and just you know, hide under a blanket, um, it actually built such a beautiful bridge with my first teaching experience. 
Well, that's a wonderful story. And I, and I, I think we're going to be talking a little bit about failure in, in an upcoming tip. So, you know, I won't expand too much on the concept of failure, but I think I will talk a little bit about the idea of using humor as well. I think you're really good at utilizing humor. And so when we kind of like feel like we've just failed and therefore we kind of feel very, really vulnerable because we're in front of people and we get all of those horrible emotions that kind of um, emerge in those situations, you know, you're someone that I think, you know, can transition into utilizing humor as a way of kind of expressing those emotions, turning them from a negative into a positive and hearing the, the way that that then built better relationships, which is another one of our tips um, is also an important point to highlight in that story. So thanks for sharing, Cindy. Now, before we go, we want to remind our listeners, engage in our Listen and Learn series, that we are raffling away various prizes. First, you will need to listen out to the end of each episode for a single letter, which will help you identify a code word. Once you have that code word, you simply need to email Cindy and I with that code word and a one or two sentence summary of how you plan to implement one of the 10 actions for creativity and you will get to choose a prize so long as we get this email before the end of August. So Cindy, why don't you share the code word? And before you do share the code word, if you don't mind, I'm going to do a shout out to your husband, Andy, who I know listens <laughs> to our podcast. And I'm going to give him a challenge because when we were doing this, I, I said I anticipated around episode eight, people would probably guess the code word. So Andy, that is a special challenge to you. All right, Cindy, drum roll. The letter is P. For parent. Parrot. Problem. We spoke about problems today. Pilot. I don't know why this came to me, but pick. I saw somebody, I'm not going to lie, I was stuck in traffic. I saw someone pick their nose. Pick. P for pick. Wow. And with that, we will end this episode. My name's Dr. Matthew Werwood. And my name is Dr. Cindy Burnett. <laughs>